Tzoraim Tov, we continue in the Sefer Nefesh Shimshon. We're still in the midst of Sukkot Zimra. We finished that short paragraph of Baruch Hashem Leolam Amen Amen, And we were discussing how we are affirming the fact that, yes, there's so much to be joyful about to Hashem. And uh, we uh, have... Also, right at the end of the class, we kind of made a quick summary of the of the flow of the Pesukah Zimra, and we mentioned how Tehillim parallels the Chumash, five books of the Torah, five books of Tehillim, and therefore we finish with the words Amen Vamein, that we're saying everything that was said is true, and now we want to understand what is the point of the Tehillim in his Sefer as it brings expression to the five books of the Torah. So that's what we're going to look at today. Yes? So, Baba, why Tehillim is not studied so much? I mean, it is all glorification. Why, why is it not studied so much? I don't have a good answer to it. <laughs> why are the prayers not studied so much? Yeah, you said it is like just like too much five books. Everything is uh, matching with glorification. Uh, that's a good question. And I don't have a good answer. Maybe people think, well, just like Tanakh in general doesn't but get... It's in Tanakh, I know, but Tanakh in general doesn't get a lot of study besides the Chumash. How many people learn a Sefer Yeshaya? You're right. There's only so much time to learn, but maybe one day we'll go through the Tehillim. Anyway, let's see what the parallel is. Well, we know there were three patriarchs, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. David HaMelech is also connected to the patriarchs. And when you add them all up together, that becomes four. And they're called the four uh, feet of the chariot. The Kisei HaKavod, the four wheels, the four legs of the chariot. And what's a chariot, a Merkava? That's what binds Hashem to this world. Just like a king who wants to go from point A to point B. He uses a chariot to move ahead. So Hashem, as it were, ascends on the Merkava, and it brings Hashem's flow of energy to connect to the world. Of course, Hashem doesn't need it, but that's the way he wants it to happen. So therefore, a Merkava means it's connecting Hashem to this world. This world expresses Hashem's existence, his greatness, and the beauty of Hashem. When there's a simcha, when there's health, when there's long life, when there's children, when there's parnasa, when there's fortune, there's wealth, that all comes from an expression of the kingdom and the kindness of Hashem. And Hashem is showing, showing his interest in the world and his connection to the world. And chas v'shalom, there's situations of power, poverty and sorrow and pressure in a physical or spiritual way. It's a concept of Hashem concealing himself from the world. We don't sense his running the world, as if Hashem is not connected to the world. Okay, so now the question is, so how does Hashem's Shefa, how does his flow from above come down into this world? How does all that goodness come? And it's through the chariot. And the chariot are the patriarchs, as the rabbi said, Ha'avos, hein hein ha'merkava. The patriarchs, they are the chariots. And that doesn't only mean the Avos Avon alone, it means Tzaddikim. Tzaddikim who live in this world, but they have very high spiritual levels, so high that their spiritual levels can reach the heavens and they connect to Hashem. 
and they connect Hashem to this world because the tzaddikim are living in this world. That's the idea of the ladder that has its feet on the ground and goes up to the heavens. The tzaddikim are physical people. Their feet are on the world. They eat and they drink and they need parnosa. They need health. But the other hand, their heads are reaching the heavens. Everything they're interested in is a heavenly concept. So they want to use this world in a heavenly way. So every tzaddik is to a certain degree a merkava for the Shekhinah. He binds this world to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But the primary merkava is the three patriarchs with addition to David HaMelech. They are the early ones. Without those four, we would have no connection. God would have no connection to this world. Even if one leg would be missing, there'd be no good in this world. So let's try to understand the makeup of this Merkava, and hopefully we can understand the connection between Torah and Tehillim. When we look at the Merkava, the Merkava itself can be divided up into two parts, obviously. The three patriarchs and the one king. Okay, now what's the difference between a father and a king? A father indicates a source of something. A child is born, the source of the child is the father. And the DNA of the child is like the father and the mother. If the father's a Kohen, the child's a Kohen. If the father's a Levi, the kid's a Levi. The source, the nature, the essence of the Jewish people is the patriarchs. Avram's source, the DNA of Avram, he put chesed into each and every one of us. Yitzchak put gvur into each and every one of us in Yerushalayim. And Yaakov brings us the attribute of truth. A whole, a wholesome person living in the tents, learning Torah, close to Hashem's world. Every Jew has that idea as well. So these are innate qualities that come from the parents, the patriarchs. On the other hand, there's something called a king. And what's the king's job? Is to get involved with the conduct of the country. And the power and the greatness of the kingdom comes by causing, is expressed by bringing out the potential that's within the source of every person and to brings it out to reality. And therefore, yes, there's people who innately want to be kind. They want to have control. They want to um, have truth. But it has to play itself out. Who's going to build the road that's going to make a hospital? Who's going to get it done? I don't know. The king has to say, let's make it happen. Law and order. There's a lot of potential. You have millions of people in the country. And they all have potential to do good, but you need a king who's going to use it for their benefit. And that's why the Gemara says, pray for the welfare of the kingdom, because without that, everybody would swallow themselves up alive. Now, of course, that's has to be a kingdom that's a moral kingdom, of course. So, so, so therefore, the soul of the Jewish people, that essential connection, between the Jews and Hashem that's sourced in the patriarchs. 
They're the source where we have all our incredible qualities that come from Hashem. That's all in potential, but the actual connection in behavior, that comes through the king. And the king was a person of Torah, of tzedakah, who had bound up the Jewish people with Hashem in reality, and that is Malchus. And this is the, the correlation between the five books of the Torah and the five books of Tehillim. The Torah is the soul of the Jewish people. It, it says what our nature is. Every Jew is a letter of the Sefer Torah. But it's all in theory. It's telling us what to do. But what about an action? What turns the theory into action? What pushes us to do it? It's the book of Tehillim. Book of Tehillim can describe every possible scenario that a person can find himself in life. Any type of sorrow, stress, or great pleasure. And what do we do? We're always praising Hashem. You're taking your Tehillim and you're pouring out your house to Hashem. You are now taking the potential and feeling what's inside of you. And therefore, when we finish saying, Baruch Hashem Leolam Amen Ramein, which we'll get into more detail shortly, we then begin, Vayivarech David. Hashem made a blessing. This is, as they're ready, not yet, but they're going to build the second base on English. And David blesses the people. He talks about Hashem. And this is the famous line. You say it every day. L'cha Hashem to Hashem is Hagedula. That's kindness. Hagevura. That's Gevura. Tiferes. Neitzach. Vahod. Okay. So this is, we're coming now back to the core of Sukkot de Zimra. Right? These are the five of the seven needles. Okay. And they're all hinted to in uh, one of the prakam of the Halalukas. But now we're trying to come to a summary of everything that's going on to give us a, 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 a fundamental understanding of the essence of it. Okay. So let's think about this. For example, you learn the Talmud. The Talmud's got many, many pages. But you can't learn halacha lamaisi. You can't learn what to do from just Talmud. So the Rambam is a succinct, uh, uh, what do you call it, distillation of the Talmud. And the Rambam felt you could learn halacha from that. Right. So once we describe the six virtues of Hashem, then we say, l'cha Hashem hamamlacha. That's number seven. To you, Hashem is the realm. Why is this one separated from the other six? We say, L'cha Hashem. And then we go, L'cha Hashem Amamlacha. We're dividing it to six and one. We could have just said, Kichol Bashvavaretz, Umamlacha. Why do we say, L'cha Hashem Amamlacha? Why make it a separate clause? And the answer is, Malchus itself has no definition. There is nothing to Malchus. It is not a quality. But what does Malchus do? It takes the qualities and brings it into reality. We say, L'cha Hashem HaMamlacha, and therefore we could take the six previous qualities and make them happen. So, for example, and this is why often people who really see something 
and they say, I really want to help that person out. When you have that feeling, you want to help that person out, that's your chesed inside you, welling up inside you. Person who says, you know, I got to lose weight. Where does that come from? It comes from the gavura. Now, how come that same person who said he's going to give tzedakah, how come he doesn't end up giving tzedakah? I got a person who says, I really have to lose weight, he doesn't end up losing weight. Do you know why? He doesn't have malchus. Malchus makes it happen. It has to be. So therefore, when we say, Lucha Hashem amamlocha, what we're saying is, there's the malchus of chesed. There's the potential chesed that comes to reality. There's the malchus of gvura and the malchus of all the other ones. Okay, let's let's try to, again, use an example. A, a merciful king, a strong king, a wise king. So since he has mercy, he will build a hospital for people there. And that will show the mercy that's there. And that's the malchus of chesed. Because he's strong and he can make it happen. Now, on the other hand, what does he do? He also has a police force. What does that do? That is the expression of gvura to make sure nobody breaks the law. That's machlus of gvura. Since he's a wise person, he also builds yeshivas. So people can learn Torah. That's the machlus of tiferes. You got to understand, the current day politicians have zero machlus. They say things they don't even mean. They don't even plan on doing it. It's just missing that. But remember, the machus itself is nothing. It's just a tool that expresses those great virtues that brings them out. And that's the meat of David HaMelech. He brings Avram with the meat of Chesed that he has into this world. Yitzchak with the meat of Gvura he brings into the world of same Yaakov with his Emes. And therefore, paralleling the five books of the Torah that we got at Sinai, David HaMelech wrote the five books of Tehillim. That is the Sefer that connects Bereshis, right? That connects to Bereshis. One book connects Bereshis in theory into practice. One book takes Shmos from theory to practice, etc., etc. Five books of Tehillim. Bring out in reality the virtues that are concealed in the five books of the Torah. Let's give another example. A table. A table per se only needs three legs. It could stand by itself with three legs. But guess what? You can't use it. Because once you're putting things on the table, it tips over. Right? The fourth leg isn't what makes it a table, but it makes the table usable. And you can use it with security and not being afraid it will fall. It always is the fourth brings what the three really bring in that have potential, but they can't act without the fourth. It's a stabilizer that enables all of them to work. And that's why we say that David is the fourth leg of the Merkava. Until David came in the world, you had three patriarchs. The table was ready to be used. The Malchus could not be achieved yet because we didn't have the stabilizer. So Sefer Tehillim is not like the Torah, but it's coming to strengthen the Torah. 
And when you say Tehillim, you're connecting to Hashem, and then the Torah now is usable. And it, it's it, and, and now the ideas, which are just not in theory, but they now come into reality. So you have this beautiful Torah. A beautiful Torah. In theory, it's the best book around. It gives you perfect advice. But then again, life seems to make it very hard to put it into practice. You're scared. Whatever. You're arrogant. Whatever, whatever. What are the challenges to bring in? Why don't you just do what it says in the Torah? Wouldn't that be an easy job? Just do it. Do it. But there's so many things. Yeah, a lot of great plans, but whatever. There's all kinds of reasons why I can't do it. So you having trouble doing it? Say to Hillary. Tell him we'll give you the, the omets, the courage to try it. And that and that makes it into a reality. And that's why, yes, we learn Torah and we daven and we ask Hashem to help us. But at the end of the day, Hashem says, I'm, I'm willing to help you, but are you willing to help yourself? I can't help you by myself. You have to be part of the process. So Tehillim gives us the emotional courage. We, you know, there's two parts. There's what we call the intellectual emuna and the emotional emuna. First, you have to intellectually believe that Hashem gave us the Torah. Hashem knows what's best for us. We know we should be doing this. Yeah, but then you're emotionally just not ready to do it. So where's, where do you get that emotional part? That's the Tehillim takes the emotion, strengthens it, and brings it into the world. In the future, when the world will come to its perfection, where the Torah will be seamlessly integrated into our lives, who is going to help us that? The Mashiach ben David, not the patriarchs. Because David's the king who makes sure things happen. That's the last stage. That's the Mashiach ben David, where all of Jewish potential that we got from the patriarchs comes into reality. Yeah, because Yehuda knew how to praise God. And therefore the rabbis consider those who are gomre halal bechol yom. They said it's a great virtue to finish the halal. All, every Pusik in Tehillim is, a por- is important. It's got everything. We say, call on Hashemot Halal Kav. We finish Tehillim. Every breath that we praise Hashem with, we praise Him for each and every breath that we have, we praise Hashem. What does that do? That strengthens what the Torah says. Oh, it's a good theory. I should love Hashem with my whole heart. Okay, but how am I going to do it? I got to express it. With every breath, I will praise Hashem. That there's what to praise Him for each and every breath that give thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that will connect me to Hashem and I'll be able to bring out the love that is in the potential. So David took the entire Chumash, each and every word. He took the mitzvahs in the Torah of Tefillin and Tzitzis and Mitzvahs. All those words that express a potential connection between us and Hashem, and he brought it into reality through the book of Tehillim. And every day, and when we start our day or whatever, we say Pirkei Tehillim, but at least by Psukhin Zimra, we're at least saying some Tehillim. And it's interesting, we're saying five chapters of Tehillim. Maybe that's paralleling um, 
although they're not, they're all in the fifth book, but it's still telling us this connection of five you know, sections of Tehillim, so to speak. We talk about the loftiness of Hashem and how every breath expresses our praise of Hashem. And we say, Baruch Hashem, Amen, Amen. It's not philosophy, it's, it's the truth. And that's the goal we want to be. Now, yes, I'm really ready to do it. I'm prepared to do it. Which we'll discuss more at the Shabbos Drush during Kiddush. We will discuss this idea further. So this is uh, the beauty of this tefillah. Which now leads us to the next section which is perfect lead up to Vayivorech David. That's the very next section in the Chumash, in the Siddur. I'll just say a few words. You don't have to bother to get the Siddur. This is Divrei Hayam. And David blessed Hashem in the presence of the entire congregation. And David said, Blessed are you, Hashem, the God of Israel, our forefather, from this world to the world to come. And now he goes into Hashem, the whole Pasuk. And wealth and honor come from you, and you rule everything. In your hand is power and strength, and it's in your hand to make anyone great or strong. So now, our God, we thank you and praise your splendorous name. So here we now come to Mamish, the idea of the seven spheros. The part and parcel of the hopes of misery. So now we have to spend a little time, again, although we've discussed it many, many times, but always the review never hurts, to go over the spheros, again, to understand a little bit more what those spheros mean. Now remember, the very first safer that talks about the spheros is what? The Sefer Yitzirah, the book of creation written by Avram Avinu. And in that Sefer, it writes all the foundations from which the world was created. Okay. Foundations that that which will nurture the world is able to create a world through them. As, for example, the Gomorrah Sanhedrin says that there were certain uh, rabbis who could make a, a fat cow from the instructions in the Sefer Yitzhira. Some of them could create people from the Sefer Yitzhira. As we know, the Maral created the Golem via the Sefer Yitzhira. Okay. And the Chacham Tzvi testifies about his grandfather that he created a person through the Sefer Yitzhira. Okay, this is beyond our pay grades. Do not try this at home. But it's the book of grace, the secrets of the creation of the world. And how does Sefer Yitzhira start? It says, there are 32 wondrous pathways of wisdom. And with those 32 pathways, Hashem created the world. What are the 32 pathways? Very easy. 10 spherot and 22 letters of the alphabets, which equals 32. 32 is the Leif, which in many ways means, as we learned in the Morin of Uchim, the Leif, Hashem, when we say Hashem has a heart, mean it's his desires. So Hashem's desire to create the world 
is fulfilled through a combination of the 22 letters of the Torah plus the 10 spheres. Okay. And the same Yisir tells us how the world got created. The foundations are, as the Pesach says in Tilim, Bitvar Hashem, from the word of Hashem, the heavens were made. The world was created through God's, so to speak, speech, when he said, Yehior, Yehirakia, etc., etc. Now, where does that speech manifest itself? In the 22 letters of the Torah. Hashem doesn't have to speak, per se, but any, any form of speech is based on the 22 letters. That's the foundation. Just like if you've got, you know, you have to have basic colors, right? And then you want to make a picture. You want to make a picture. You want to make a beautiful drawing. You got to have the paint. So God needed the paint. The paint are the 22 letters. But those 22 letters themselves have no power at all. An olive by itself can't do anything. The letter base, and they can't do anything. But it has a power that when you connect it to other letters, then that power comes into reality and you can create something. That power to connect letters and to bring them from potential to reality of the creation world, that's the ten spheros. So ten spheros, like again, you got you got you got a painter. You got twenty-two colors on the palette. What do you do with them? You got to know how do I mix the colors. You have a certain talent to mix certain things in a certain way to make a picture. How to put it in place? So, so to speak, the 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 the, the, the paint on the palette is the twenty-two letters of the alphabet. The mind of the painter and the different forms of art that he knows how to do is like the spheros. So let's just take an example of chesed. Chesed, all the essence of creation is all chesed. Right? Somebody needs, somebody gives. If there's no chesed, there wouldn't be anything happening in the world. And even Hashem, if he didn't have the meat of chesed, he'd be by himself. There wouldn't be a world. There would be the paint, but nothing's happening. He has the 22 letters there. Kvura means control of the world. That things have limitations. And Hashem says, a table will be a table. A star will be a star. Everything has its own role and it's limited. It's confined to its role. Without Kvura, there's no reason for the table to not be a star and for a star not to be a table. And chesed and gvura, to a certain degree, are two contradictory terms. But no, they don't have to. They can now blend together. And the meat of chesed wants to give everything, to fulfill everything in the world. But the meat of gvura limits it in a way that's clear. Antiferis comes along, and that means like beauty. If you have a lot of colors in a painting, that's beautiful. Imagine, imagine that everybody wore clothes that were exactly the same. Beautiful. I mean, everybody wore, everything was black. It wouldn't look so beautiful. When it's a mixture of colors, that's a real beauty. 
therefore, the Vilna Gon explains certain psukim and shira shirim. Dodi tzachva adom. Tzachva adom. It's, it's a blend of the colors, white and red. You get pink. Hashem does exactly what we need. That's called Tiferis. We live in a world that has suffering, has simcha. There's moments of good, moments of bad. Hashem balances everything in the most beautiful way to have a life that is a colorful life. It goes back and forth. So we have seven of those ten spheros. They are in the practical world of action. And that's what Dove is talking about over here. And that's how Hashem created the world. Through the power of speech, that's a shape to bond the world together. And how do people stay connected to each other by speech? And therefore, all the spheros take from potential to reality the speech of Hashem. And now we take the 22 letters and the 10 spheros, we have 32 paths, and that's how Hashem creates the world. And that's the foundation of the world. Okay. So let's let's stop it there. We've got a good introduction. And then we'll leave for tomorrow morning. Hopefully we'll finish the chapter on this topic. Okay. All right. Thank <laughs> you.